for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to episode 34 of Vague Zone. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. And joining us is uh, Daniel's friend Mark. Just going to give him a little intro first before I give, you know, go further into the synopsis. Yeah, thank you for joining us, Mark. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, long time listener, first time guest. <laughs> Sweet. Very happy to have you on the show. So yeah, we're doing Godzilla vs. Kong. We're actually here. It's been like a long month. I know. Fuck it A. We've been we made working it. our way through this legendary series, a lot of anticipation for this movie, and let's get to it. The epic next chapter in the cinematic monsterverse pits the two greatest icons in motion picture history against one another, the fearsome Godzilla and the mighty Kong, with humanity caught in the balance. Directed by Adam Wingard, what did you think about this movie, Daniel and Mark? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it to Mark since you are a guest. I will let okay. you uh, lead us with your opinion. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna break the ice on it because yeah. I I know there's been so much hype. I was very hyped on this film, but to be honest, after watching it twice, I felt pretty medium. I warmed <laughs> yeah. to it. I warmed to it a bit after the second watch, but it was still pretty medium. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, think I'm, I think I'm with you on that, but uh, yeah, Daniel, are you sort of on the same wavelength? <laughs> I, I think I'm, yeah, kind of on the same wavelength. Uh, so yeah, so a little backstory, Thomas and I watched this in theaters. Uh, theaters are 25% occupancy. I feel like our theater was probably way less than 25% because uh, we were able to get tickets like 15 minutes before showtime. Yeah. Um, they block off both two seats on each side of you masks are enforced or whatever we we double masked it felt like we were going deep sea diving or something like that yeah it was um, very surreal watching a movie with two it masks felt wrong. so <laughs> fucking good to be in a movie theater though like i was telling yeah. thomas like i was getting emotional like as they're doing the coca-cola commercials before the movie oh yeah just like seeing that. all the pre-movie ads again <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, oh, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah, um, the whole yeah, the whole part of it was so much fun. Yeah, seeing the trailer for Spiral like made me really happy. Yeah. So I was like, oh shit, like a, a new Saw movie's coming out. And I'm like, yeah, I, all, I felt like a kid again. I feel like the experience, especially of these movies, because this I didn't see Kong Skull Island in theaters, but I saw yeah, I... both prever previous uh Monsterverse films, like both Godzilla films in theaters. Mm -hmm. And it definitely helps. It definitely helps. It's a yeah. big, big movie. <laughs> You want to you want to feel the surround sound on you when uh, monsters did, are thudding. Did you watch this at home, Mark? I did watch it at home uh, both times. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, but it it was weird once the credits start rolling because Thomas and I knew we couldn't talk about it. Like we had to save the conversation <laughs> for the podcast. Right, right. So there was like this like as we were wandering out of the theater, I, I kind of had this feeling of like, what do we do? <laughs> like I felt like I was like. Uh, I don't know. I had all this like stuff swelling up inside me, just like waiting to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like with my experience with the movie, the first twenty five percent of this movie is just exposition. It is just characters just explaining things to each other. And when there's when I'm being bombarded with exposition, I kind of just black out. <laughs> uh, like yeah. I just get distracted. I'm like, oh, that character has an interesting costume or like oh the lighting is interesting here and then once i've had those thoughts i've already missed like a ton of backstory um so yeah, i kind of yeah. just like 
was thinking, oh, you know, as I as it goes along, it'll start to make sense to me. It'll be fine. Um, and yeah, this movie, uh, I'm still confused. I've watched it twice, and there's still some things I'm confused about, which we'll get into with the plot. But uh, yeah, there's yeah. nothing to miss really. But at the same time, with all that extra exposition and so much, like we have we have twin plots, human yeah. <laughs> stories that never converge, yeah. and also it raises so many questions immediately that it is just not interested in answering yeah which so, makes it really hard to get invested in before before we get further into it though thomas yeah give us your give us your reactions yeah i was super bummed um i, I don't know what happened over the course of the trajectory of this like franchise because i, I don't know like started off very small and human with um uh Gareth Edwards vision but yeah I think Mike Doherty had like the best version of what yeah, any of these things favorite. could have been and just like pulling the camera back just giving us some wise like the cinematographer on this really severely dropped the ball like I looked up his uh, IMDB and he's like the guy directed uh, no not directed he shot like um, Transformers 2 and World mm. War Z and I'm just like like where's Bill Pope like I need like a heavy hitter cinematographer to like handle the heft of what I'm going to be watching like the camera's just spinning and twirling so much and they're like like fighting underwater and it's just like all incomprehensible and i was just like so like disappointed watching it i'm just like this is such a big setup and it's just yeah just looking at it just wasn't very fun like i sort of you know i'm a big brian tyree henry fan so i'll excuse his silliness he seems to be he seems to be having the most fun out of everybody in this movie so i'm like all right fine he's talking about lizard people and shit so i'm I'm down with that that's totally fine it works for me water fluoridation yeah 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 Yeah, just just absolutely bonkers but yeah like millie bobby millie bobby brown is kind of like lost not really doing much the kong stuff is really cool like kong knowing sign language and with the girl like all of that was beautiful and fantastic i was really into that but yeah just like they didn't converge it just seemed like a big mess and then when the actual fight's happening it's just like i just don't even enjoy watching it so i was just like yeah this is a bummer so yeah, i don't I know, watch man. it once i don't know if i'm gonna watch it again anytime soon i was still having fun with the action like <clears throat> no, yeah i think the action was solid but yeah it's, it's like just too too jumbly and just yeah and, and it's far as the cinematography goes there are there were some moments in that theater that were like amusement park moments when so there's a moment when this vehicle is like soaring past king kong and then past godzilla and like practically along his scales and stuff and that felt yeah, really fucking cool at a theater not what? into it yeah i need, oh, I need wise the mike doherty wise like uh, Ghidorah, like on the fucking volcano with like the cross yeah. like we like, don't like i need that like we I don't need, get like, any of those like really special we don't get anyth- anything like the moment where uh Ghidorah has his wings stretched out and lightning's coming out of it nothing like that yeah. where it's just like a painting or like a piece of concept art thrown up on screen there really wasn't yeah. any any single shot that dazzled me at all in this film like, and... even the big one like the Kong punching Godzilla on the aircraft carrier is yeah. like you get for a second and then like we're cutting yeah. back to other stuff and it's like yo like y'all need to yeah. just chill with this yeah <laughs> Damn, you seem really, you seem really hard on this one. Yeah, I'm really mad at Ben Saracen, the cinematographer. <laughs> like, I have rat beef with him now, so <laughs> there might be a diss song in the future going towards him. But yeah, like I think just Lauren Schur just did a really great job with King of the Monsters, and Kong just felt really solid. Yeah. And this just, it just wasn't doing it for me. And yeah, this, but then in the music too, like there was no like, there's no theme. Like, where's like the needle drops? You know, where's like 
my Godzilla theme and like stuff like that. Yeah. Like this is even, like Junkie XL doing the drum shit. Even the selection of uh, pop music that they yeah, used. There, there were only like three <laughs> songs, I think, <laughs> yeah. and each one felt just like weirdly on the nose each time. Like, like you had the doo-wop in the beginning in the country yeah. song that sort it's of like cuts Kong out. Scratching his butt, waking up. Yeah, <laughs> just like early morning, like easy on her on your way to visit your you know tiny little friend who was a girl who's your only friend it was just a weird staging when right because the especially the the promotional material right it felt like they should have been borrowing more from professional wrestling right like you're setting like everything is about setting up this major conflict between the two titans all the exposition you know kong bows to no one uh yeah and to their credit i do think i think fight two was probably the most dynamic fight we've seen. Hong Kong? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it wasn't shot... Yeah, it wasn't shot in an interesting way. Because although you get a lot of this dynamic movement with Kong, you know, jumping between all the neon buildings... Um, that was great. Yeah. But at the same time, like, what is Godzilla doing? Godzilla's like... Kinda they like, did Godzilla dirty in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's just sitting there and spamming the atomic breath on moving. Yeah. You know? It's just a laser for King Kong to dodge. Right. Until he doesn't. and Or yeah. to supercharge the, the axe, which I guess is another is, there is There is a little bit of play of like, Kong just has to make sure he either doesn't shoot the atomic breath or he right. just has to not get hit by well, the Well, and that's breath. why it's a wrestling story more than anything, right? Because it's like, ah, who can get their finisher off, right? Are you going to get hit yeah. by the breath? Or are you going to hit him with the axe? Yeah. And I, I love the axe, by the way. Like, And I didn't catch this in the theater, but someone online pointed out that the it's made, it's like a tree and then like a Godzilla spine possibly yeah. attached to it. And I think, I I think that... that's why it's supposed to, I didn't realize that the first watch either. And that's why I think it was able to absorb the atomic breath. Is yeah. Their we get a scene. I thought that was badass. I thought that was super yeah. really So we're getting into like spoiler territory now, but there's like a part in the hollow earth when something's i think i think kong is like charged his axe because fucking okay i guess he could just charge his axe down here. right right um and we see godzilla's spines flaring up like he is like sensing that like godzilla is directly linked to the energy source in hollow earth apparently yeah um, mm-hmm. yeah i don't know but it's, it's, that, that part's a little we all kind of went silent but that part's a little yeah a little wonky the whole hollow earth thing is interesting and i think it, that stuff looks really great like kong flipping like doing the gravity stuff like yeah. uh, uh, it's very dreamlike and i was into that and yeah the sistine like, chapel shot was maybe the closest <laughs> to like a good looking shot but then they twist with kong's body instead of doing yeah. like the reference point even yeah instead of like, giving us the wide and actually yeah. like <laughs> it was so strange because reference. it's such gratuitous homage and yet they deny you looking at like the yeah. actual image of the fingers coming maybe together. they thought it'd be too indulgent or something i don't know I don't. This movie is made for <laughs> indulgence, though. What? Are, yeah. yeah. Who, Godzilla versus Kong. I think the real question is who was workshopping this film, and like, why did they decide to drop the ball in so many ways? So okay, so I heard that there's like five and a half hours, potentially like a five-hour version or something like that that they yeah, were like really... editing back from, and you kind of feel it because it's like Kyle Chandler's in this movie, and he really has nothing to. Kyle Chandler is in this movie because Millie Bobby Brown is in this mil- right. movie. Millie, yeah. Millie Bobby Brown is in this movie because she cares about Godzilla and we that's need, about we it. We need a Team Godzilla to parallel Team Kong. Yeah, right? but there's no like their actions aren't pertinent to the story. Oh, at all, not really. at all. It's just a vehicle for for exposition. The only thing, the only thing 
it serves story-wise is the thing at the very end with the whiskey. Yeah, that's that's it. They like, give a there hiccup are, There are no repercussions. The, uh, and that's the, the thing. They, they, they're raising... Because, uh, right, I was thinking B-plot was going to be this fun romp, right? Millie Bobby yeah. Brown, whatever. Like, I... I think she's fine. I don't. I think it's evident from her delivery since they tried to give her the punchier lines, or at least it felt like it, uh, that she's not really got great comedic chops. But she would be a great, you know, kind of straight man for Julian Dennison and Brian Tyree Henry, who are yeah, both absolutely. hilarious. But for me, basically, all of the jokes fell flat. Yeah. Um, right. I, oh, there's two good jokes. There are two. Okay. <laughs> um, one joke is the sign language coward that oh, gets yeah. a call back at that the was, end. That was yeah. okay. Yeah. And the other good joke is Brian Tyree Henry when he says, you mean I have to die with you sober? Or something <laughs> yeah. like or he's like, and then he was telling him like, now's a good time to start drinking if you haven't kid. Like those were okay. But it was so weird. Cause it's like, I thought they were going to write, like you have the conspiracy thing. And there's like no, they they like make the tap water and the fluoride stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like, you figure there's going to be some sort of joke about like, you know, maybe the moon landing. And he's like, only an idiot would believe like the moon landing was a conspiracy or something. Like, yeah, like they didn't, they weren't give him an edge to yeah, where, they how far his conspiratorial thinking. Yeah, they go. weren't really playful yeah. with it, which was strange. Like he was, he was just very self-serious. And then, but they were trying to play that in a jokey way. The tone just felt really off. And then Julian Dennison, I felt, um, I mean, if you all, you've seen Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just so naturally funny. Like, yeah. and they gave him virtually. They don't give him enough to do. Nothing yeah. that seemed like it was supposed to be more than a chuckle. Yeah. Like, yeah, he should have been a comedic character and yeah. Millie Bobby Brown would have been the straight man. That would yeah. make more sense. And it would have been like, and it, it like, because they're going to Apex after it's already destroyed. And then they take a maglev. Uh, across yeah. the world. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I love that moment. That was, was weird for like, me. Yeah. I was like, wait, yeah. they're in Hong Kong now? <laughs> right. And and somehow the helicopter gets there in virtually the same amount of time, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So I figured it was going to be like a fun romp through the Apex facility. And they were going to see all this crazy science fiction stuff. But Yeah, more no, Titans. She, <laughs> yeah. She yeah. just immediately finds the elevator. And then they're on the train. Yeah, it's yeah, a I, and, and yeah. My, I had issues with like Lance Reddick only having like this yeah. one moment. Yeah, absolutely. Got cut oh, out. Okay. Zhang Ziyi, Zhang Ziyi also cut out entirely. Yeah. I was just like, like I don't understand why we have to have. Okay, I made the criticism of like, yeah, they included characters from Kong Skull Island in King of the Monsters, and they don't really do much to, yeah. to reference it. It's just a that wink. Also. Yeah, that also sort of happens similarly here, too, with uh, Shun Oguri's character, who's Ren Sirizawa, Sirizawa's son. Yeah. It's like, yeah. sort of just, like, why does it have to be his son? And, like, the name Sirizawa is incredibly important for the, you know, the world of Godzilla. Exactly. And I think they just, you know, just And they just make him just, a, a yeah. villain that's, like, not even the primary villain. <laughs> and they, don't, yeah. and they like, don't explain why either he, because his father is very much, right, like, uh, Watanabe in, in both Godzilla films is the yeah. let them fight we must respect yeah. you know, Godzilla I respect is... all life and all this right. stuff and the now it's like no we want to dominate yeah his creatures. son his son's politics related to the monster seems very much antithetical to that so yeah it seems there's probably, something there's probably a story there there's probably yeah. a story <laughs> yeah. there yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah, I don't know. It's something just this major flub. Something just really happened. I mean, the, really so messed that up. <laughs> I was I was worried from the opening um, 
like cinematic montage though because they they show you right they they frame it immediately towards the end of this kind of like bra- fight bracket of all these monsters they're fighting yeah yeah but then the bracket for godzilla goes further than all the monsters he kills in the movie and there's like more than a handful of monsters on kong side and it's like the implication is they fought all of these monsters yeah we it says rodan is fight. defeated yeah and it and it's like i guess he he bowed to Godzilla in the last movie, so maybe that's what, like a loose interpretation yeah. of defeat. Like, yeah, I don't he know. Wasn't destroyed. Yeah. Not sure about that. Yeah, that seems really odd. And also, I don't like the fact that they just very offhandedly say like, "Oh yeah, all the natives on Skull Island were just wiped out in a in like." Oh a my god! I, yeah, I we're, <laughs> we're hand waving a cultural eco side <laughs> yeah. of a whole civilization. Uh, I will say though. Uh, <laughs> Since the, the character was signing with him, we finally did have an indigenous coded character in a Kong movie speak. So yeah. that's that's a point for it. She was and silent, think, but she at least was speaking. I think maybe what they're trying to do there, too, is because Kong, like the survivor of mm. the Kong Island tribe is connected with Kong. And Kong, his whole family has been eliminated also. We yeah, totally. I meant to believe like everyone in this movie has like lost some sort of family member, which is weird. Right. Right. Um, but it's also like, that doesn't feel like it feels like a commonality between the characters. It doesn't necessarily feel like something that's really being explored. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This... And I remember in our conversation about, uh, we were talking about predictions and everything. And I was like, Oh, I, I hope they include the natives, but don't, you know, do it in a way that's disrespectful. But it's like, yeah. don't just erase them out of, you know, just entirely, <laughs> but Oh, they're, they're all just gone. This is the only girl left. I think that's just, yeah, incredibly disrespectful. And I feel like, yeah, they just, don't know how to handle these bigger topics like climate change and you know genocides and stuff like that when it's you know entire cities being leveled like boston and hong kong just being decimated and yeah. so they'll you know and then oh kong won, yeah. i think godzilla won round two i'm like yo like <laughs> like hong kong is in pretty bad shape right now like, <laughs> yeah they, millions what, of people are like, dead yeah there's a lot of conversations in shin godzilla about like evacuations and stuff like that and i feel like you know people they didn't need to recognize what those movies did right and incorporate those. I feel like they just wanted to do their own thing and just went off the rails a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a fundamental shift in the movies that the MonsterVerse is really having trouble reconciling. Um, uh, the Showa era, and, and Shin Godzilla especially, had this really good split about, right? And, and I think a lot of horror movies do this sort of thing too, where it's like the villain or the monster, right? Is it functioning as a metaphor for what we're doing, right? Monster as metaphor, or is it a monster as a mascot? And it's very obvious that the legendary verse wants it both ways, right? Like they want simultaneously to make this sort of social commentary, at least in the Godzilla films about like, you know, this is the problem of nuclear devastation or this is the problem of climate change, but also, holy shit, look at how awesome Ghidorah is. Uh, and, And then this film is very much just like, we are solely in mascot territory. So it's like, it's very hard for us to conceptualize uh, what the social devastation or what even these sort of like symbolic points of conflict are even supposed to mean relative to one one another, other than just like, you know, we have like, because that's the human element now, right? Is literally like, we have cheerleaders for Team Kong and cheerleaders for Team Godzilla. Yeah. Um, So Emily, Emily and I watched half the movie and then we did the thing where we just talk about what's wrong with it and yeah. write a be- try and write a better movie. Um, I feel like so, the elements are there for it. 
So, like, so one thing we haven't mentioned yet is the biggest spoiler of the movie is that Mechagodzilla is in this. Uh, Apex Cybernetics, Apex Cybernetics, Apex Titans, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> makes Mechagodzilla. And so Emily's idea of, like, how they could have reworked this is, like, okay, so we've already established that the Orca exists in the last movie, which is really yeah. weird that that doesn't get reintroduced. Like, we have a way of, like, yeah. communicating with these beasts. And so she's, like, why isn't it, like, a thing where, like, if you want to do a social commentary thing, you can make it, like, a manufacturing consent movie mm. where Apex Cybernetics is using the Orca to make Godzilla attack people. This way they can get public support and funding for their Mecha Godzilla. Mm. Sure. And, and like, for... Yeah. Uh, traveling to hollow earth to extract resources so now yeah. we have like a you know war for oil sort of thing going on and uh you know the heroes they're they're trying to get kong to defend against godzilla we uncover that uh, apex cybernetics is you know turn villainizing godzilla as part of a propaganda campaign uh godzilla and kong team up and then they take down mecha godzilla and apex cybernetics there we go that's the movie yeah. <laughs> and the brilliant thing about what you just said in that theoretical plot, you could still work in the original twist where Godzilla shows up, but Godzilla's acting kind of weird and sounds yeah. kind of weird. And then, oh, guess what? It's actually Mecha Godzilla under Godzilla skin. Like, that's like what, the classic so much movie. cool shit could have been done. <laughs> that's actually shit, like... what I thought it was going to be because I in thought the, that was the trailer, they framed it as why is Godzilla attacking this city unprovoked? Yeah. And yeah. the and, reveal yeah. would be and it's not and Godzilla. Godzilla are friends. Right. <laughs> It's like, fuck. It's like, you dropped so many balls, man. Also, I gotta say, I think that the design for uh, Mecha Godzilla was a little lackluster for me. Yeah, I agree. But I, I do think yeah. also it recognized, um, and I think one of the people on the writing team was also a writer on Pacific Rim. And it, it, like, I think these films are sort of, I think that was the problem is... They had all of these fights after fights after fights, which is just Pacific Rim. But Pacific Rim, like, I think really outclasses them in terms of staging their fights. Um, yeah. I mean, my... I don't remember too much about Pacific Rim, um, but I, I would agree with you. Yeah, they think the, the staging was probably more better. <laughs> yeah. But I don't also, remember too much of it either. Yeah. But also there was, like, that moment where it's, like, the... Because the, it had, like, three base attacks, right? Like, the missiles, too, but, like... It had its own atomic breath, and mm -hmm. then it had the it had like the the twisty electric hands. punch, twisty <laughs> hands, which is just like one of the moves from like the Pacific Rim robots. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I do and then the, that, the, yeah. the tail drill, I think, also should have been like more intimidating. Yeah, I don't know if we actually see the tail drill do anything. Yeah, um, it's it's like they're near Kong's face, but I don't yeah. think it like takes out a building or even or anything. Yeah, yeah, know. the design was kind of weird. It, yeah, it's exoskeleton-y and didn't yeah. seem very menacing as a yeah. whole it like it's just it's big big beast it's very transformery and yeah that's the bang another yeah. thing about it uh another thing they staged it as like the Ghidorah head was in yeah. side of it which i thought was going to be what uh team brian tyree henry would have to break up like and not just hmm. splash the whiskey on the console I that would make like, more sense we have yeah because they set it up as like Oh, this the Ghidorah is head living... now has control. Yeah, living supercomputer. We have to sabotage the Ghidorah skull, and yeah. it was. Yeah. I, I do have to say though, that was probably like that, and the and like the Maglev were probably like the coolest sci-fi ideas. But yeah, like they're just 
they they weren't there to serve the plot as much as the plot like would have used them if they were thinking about it's hard to explain it would have been fun if like the Ghidorah head came to life at the end or something like that right yeah (laughs) and the humans have to like get control of that situation while Godzilla and Kong are fighting Mechagodzilla outside that would have been really cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah have this like giant skull like snapping at people and stuff (laughs) yeah Um, Uh, um I do like the colors and the neon like design of that set and I think that's one of the benefits of yeah the side embracing the sci-fi side of it and you know allowing the you know, the colors to be very vibrant and you know it, it does feel like a very rich movie visually and I think you know compared to the other ones I, it, there are some part like I'm thinking back like there are some shots that are like really nice you know like Kong dropping down on Godzilla with the skull you know I think that's a, a really good moment and there's a, a lot of parts about this movie that I'm like yeah this is like something that I would love to watch and attach to but yeah there's, there's just it seems to be very hollow and shallow because yeah it's like filmed by committee this is like you know the end of this large franchise building up to something else you know they're probably thinking about including pacific rim down the line stuff like that so yeah i think they were just yeah. maybe caught yeah. between and they're both yeah, caught between trying so. yeah trying to do something further down the line and just didn't make this <laughs> a stronger product so i feel like you know this they're thinking too far ahead somehow you know yeah i don't know I want them to keep going. Like, I do. I really liked the shot too of like the, like that was probably one of the best sequences was like after they're in the hollow earth and then like it's the super brief, but like he's smashing those flying snake things yeah. as they're attacking the heaves. Like that was really cool. That is like a sequence they made 30 seconds that probably could have been a good five minutes. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, the, the Hollow Earth, like going into there was like really cool. Like I dug that, you know, moment. Yeah, the little uh, <laughs> 2001 moment. That felt like yeah, a huge yeah. claim for an action movie to make, though, to be like, yeah. this will be the best thing you've ever seen in your life, or the weirdest thing you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's like this thing, <laughs> it's like this um, particular maneuver is so intense. It quite literally killed our protagonist's older brother. And so like, yeah. they, they, like these ships were designed in the wake of that tragedy and it's supposed to be super intense. I like when the like screen completely goes black and it was silent. Like I'm really mm. into that. And yeah. like the stretching effect of going through the portal was really nice. And yeah, I, I dug that, but uh, yeah, I thought know, it was when's... a good, good vortex sequence for sure. I do. It was, it was like a weird thing though, where at the beginning when he's doing Simmons, that was weird too. That like the both of the 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 Mexican actors in the film are named Simmons. Oh yeah, that was weird yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, maybe he changed it for business reasons. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they also cut Zhang Ziyi when they're probably expecting to make millions of dollars in China. So that was, uh, yeah, who yeah. knows? Um, well, because they show Hong Kong getting destroyed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was like, he, they're doing the pitch to him at the beginning. Like, not only have we done magnetic research that affirms your theory, uh, and we didn't go public with that, but we want you on our team uh, because we now have technology that reverses this thing. What happened with this bad thing? And he's like, oh, it was a, gr- a gravitic inversion or whatever. Um, yeah, gravitational. And they inversion. died instantly. And it's like, well, if they died instantly going through the portal you can't get through, how do you know? Like, 
you wouldn't know. Yeah, how do you know they didn't just make it on the other yeah, side or what? Yeah, can't get back, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. So um, they could have opened that up, too, and had, like, him find yeah. his brother. But, but then that, it's also, that like, was less weird we're to overcomplicating me. That things. was less <laughs> yeah. weird to me than the kiss with uh, with Rebecca Hall. Yeah, like that was that weird, too. weird moment, and it's just like... It's like, this isn't going to go anywhere? Oh, yeah, are we... <laughs> yeah, that was like, is this film going to introduce something about gender politics or, or not? Or is this like a, a no, love angle? It might as nope? well have not happened. <laughs> might as well have not happened, exactly. I feel like that's most of the human storytelling. I think I'm forgetting what moment you're talking about. Like, uh, when they first see each other. Yeah. He, after... Out, so, it's like, immediately after, he is now shaved and is in the raincoat walking outside the facility... Um, and then they walk into the facility and he's like, please do this. We can get Kong's family. Maybe, maybe they'll be in there. Cause she somehow is like not only an animal behaviorist, but like the military head of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then, and then she's like, okay, I guess so. And he's like, thank you. And he just kisses her on the cheek. And then she's like, gotcha. that was weird. Uh, and they don't talk and then they just separate. And well, then she does like a weird look to the adopted daughter. I think it's supposed to be like a, shortcut to them having history together like okay because it's also there's a point where she says something like this is crazy even for you and so it's like it's insinuating that they i i i think the insinuation is that they know each other previously that's true because she is monarch and he used to be monarch right yeah i think (laughs) who knows yeah there are so many i also like i don't know what monarch is doing i think they really need to develop that if i don't even know have if the word monarch was ever said in the movie either we get the right. logos a lot yeah we're, we know we're at the monarch facility yeah and stuff but yeah it's so weird they say apex a lot though. yeah i heard apex yeah i was gonna say <laughs> yeah. that's like the apex is the name that shows up shows up everywhere and it's interesting that you both say that because i was watching a interview with adam winger and he's like yeah monarch is like the through line between all these movies i'm like monarch has like your staff has changed every single time we see them like there's yeah. no one like one person like you have the name surizawa but you guys are sort of muddling, muddling that <laughs> you guys don't like don't really know what to do with it and yeah then you have these characters that show up and are extremely important for one movie and then are completely sidelined in another and yeah. It yeah. just doesn't really work for, you know, sequels. You know, we were like these characters. We get attached to them and then they get just killed in unceremonious ways or just completely removed entirely. And right. yeah, yeah, Monarch is just a fucking mess <laughs> of yeah. entirety. So maybe they like just stepped away because there's all right. Maybe they recognized it was just a mess. They just need to simplify these movies. I don't know why they overcomplicate things like yeah. uh, everything is working yeah. towards kong and godzilla fighting each other like what is the easiest path to get there like we've already introduced the orca like we said we already introduced charles dance with a Ghidorah head <laughs> like, i think maybe that's yeah. the, the biggest problem in thinking about how this movie was framed is like sure there needs to be a story telling element for the humanity of it i guess but they're they're trying to like provide human motivations for monsters fighting yeah well because and they if, should if just we're... have the monsters fight <laughs> But then, but this is something we've talked about before is like, yeah. what does, can't, I, I believe you can, but what does it look like to have a two hour movie that is just built around monsters fighting that doesn't have a human element? What does that look like? Is that a I Pixar think, film? Or like <laughs> a nature documentary, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I think this movie is like, it was heading towards the right direction like opening on kong and like starting off like with his day and then like him just like throwing the branch into the 
like the ceiling of the simulation, yeah. which I feel like it's like became his routine that yeah. once he figured out where he was, like, okay, I'm where every like, that's his like morning coffee yeah, thing. I'll get up and, <laughs> yeah, we Truman yeah. showed Kong. Yeah, yeah, I, I I thought that was kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, having them fight is the is the big thing, and that's what we're here to see. And so, yeah, yeah the fact that the characters that are supposed to be attached or following them around is just like kind of the casket swapped out, and yeah, it's just not very clear who we're supposed to be attached to and why. And yeah, I think giving Millie Bobby Brown like the Orca would have been something great or something fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, having just more connections to these old other movies and the devices and what was happening would just made it so much more of a rich experience besides it just being just a lot of bells and whistles and just, you know, the camera twirling around constantly and just like, okay, like, and I mean, I think, (laughs) I think you could do it right. Because I think the conflict like is based in the monsters fighting. So maybe it's just about getting them to stop fighting and causing (laughs) all of this excess damage Right, that maybe that's the human element you're supposed to tell. Because, but we, because you still have yeah. to tell the story of Good okay, point. how did Kong get off Skull Island? Right, uh, unless sure. Godzilla's going to Skull Island. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel maybe. like the the boat sequence, like, because that was basically the whole trailer too. Um, maybe that diminished it yeah. a bit, but yeah, I felt it was not for all the reasons, right? That Kong moving around uh, Hong Kong and uh, going you know, to dodge the atomic breath was interesting. I felt like just skipping from a couple car- carriers and, um, and then like getting dragged into the depths. Like it like it was, it felt more dynamic than I think it actually was like the, in the scene, like the roller coaster moment too. Um, like when he's throwing the jet, like a dart. Yeah. Like that was, that cool. was, that, yeah. that was cool. <laughs> um, but it, it was like, yeah, I feel like, you you literally could have just gone right like over the top with it and just have him throw more planes at him like that would have been <laughs> yeah just chucking planes right there's i a, want five really minutes of plane POV. chucking yeah there's a really good pov of like being in the cockpit as the, the guy is taking off yeah. of the carrier and oh yeah and, like then he, and then he parachutes out right at the yeah. moment before it hits yeah yeah i thought that was really cool yeah, so there's like, there's definitely like some gems and, you know, hidden underneath the mess. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's there are just... definitely things that I love in this film and that I will defend, but between that, it's just, it's a mess. Yeah, there's no, yeah. We've, we've, I think we've said what we need to say. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've dunked on this movie enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, such a, five out of five. Such a bummer. I was, <laughs> such a bummer. Uh, Okay, uh, here's a question from Mark. How does this rank, or what is your current rankings for this monster verse? You know, we have four movies, so I think my determination is that this, despite having the best fight, uh, it was actually the worst quality film. Um, Dang. I think, I think um, King of Monsters was probably my favorite, uh, and then Kong Skull Island, and. Uh, and 2014 Godzilla being a close uh, two three to each other after that. Fair, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. I, King of the Monsters is definitely my number one. After that, it's kind of a because 2014. It's like I liked what 2014 was trying to do, but I have a hard time rewatching that movie just because it's like I do yeah, not care about the people at all. I don't think there's a story <laughs> there. Yeah. Um, and there's like it's we're so light on the Godzilla stuff that it's like it, it's it's a fun introduction because it's giving you a taste and you want more and then the the series just is like and here's more <laughs> and they just like <laughs> shove it in your face, um, but 
So can we split the difference? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Kong is like Kong Skull Island. It's like I have issues with that movie, but it's fun. It's it's a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's probably where it breaks for me. I, too. I, I don't know. This might be my second because <laughs> it's like even though we've just like talked a lot of shit on it. It's like the human element being a problem isn't anything new. Like we know the whole, like Correct. I've been desensitized to the human element being a problem in Godzilla. <laughs> movie. Um, so yeah, same. You know, Mecha Godzilla shows up. God bless him for even trying to do it. Uh, I would have liked it more if he was actually the result of aliens. Uh, I think you gotta go. I I would have liked them to just fucking lean into it and just you know, next movie we're gonna do time travel and shit too. Like, but um, yeah king of the monsters and then everything else is kind of tied i think for me okay how about you <laughs> yeah I, I i yeah i think i'm going to backpedal a little bit of my unabashed love for gareth edwards you know 2014 one but yeah because king of the monsters despite you know having some really lame characters i think it's fucking fantastic so yeah it's number one and then i would probably put godzilla out there because i think i like it a little bit more than kong just just because it's I just, yeah, I love it still. And then, yeah, this is probably the the fourth. This is last, just, yeah. Yeah, which is a bummer because it easily could have been the fucking top of the list. Like, it, it just a few changes, and it could have been, like, the best monster movie to come out in a while. But The yeah, pieces, yeah, just... the pieces are definitely there, I think. Yeah, maybe the problem is, one of the problems with it is that it's not, it doesn't feel as climactic as it should be. Like, Godzilla yeah. and Kong, like, it should have been, here's what it should have been. <laughs> Kong <laughs> fights a bunch of guys leading up to Godzilla. Godzilla fights a bunch of guys leading up to Kong. And so it's like a it's like bracket, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like uh, these are the survivors. Now it's time for them to face off. We've been waiting for it and the last 20 minutes of the movie is just Kong and Godzilla fighting. Yeah. Or just give us a bunch of old old ancient Kong civilization stuff of them, you know, being hyper intelligent which they're They have they have that, you know, chair and axe technology. <laughs> and doors that's that's, yeah. that's the most important thing once you got shares you're yeah. good that's, so so it should have been peaked. it should have done the wrestling thing and we should have had kong breaking a chair over godzilla's back <laughs> well also uh. how insane would that framing be if you're like they're literally like marching across like europe and asia <laughs> at each other through other monsters and you just yeah, have this, yeah. this trail of dead monsters behind each of them yeah, yeah. Goodness, or they're so or they're just marching at each other and the human element is humans being like we gotta stop them we can't stop them yeah, they just keep yeah. marching they're going to converge in you know yeah. like shanghai the most one of the most populated cities in the world or tokyo right like yeah, yeah. just bring it back to the origin so i want to see kong swinging the eiffel tower at him or do something <laughs> yeah. something wacky but yeah i think that about wraps it up for godzilla versus kong any other final exiting thoughts about this movie um, I will say, I think they did do a decent job of making Kong feel like a main character. I wish I was more of a Kong fan. I would have probably dug uh, his treatment here a lot more. Um, I do like that they make him feel like tired and like he's having a terrible time uh, whenever he's <laughs> yeah, fighting. Yeah. He's a rugged um, Kong. Yeah. yeah, they give him a lot of personality and I think it works. Yeah, I like the throwback to electricity get invigorating him and bringing him back. I was definitely yeah. very happy to see that. And we have the uh, drones flying him around, and it's kind of reminiscent of the balloons <laughs> flying him around. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. I, uh, I totally didn't make that connection until you just mentioned and that. And yeah, like we the get the uh, 
scene of him shoving an axe into Godzilla's mouth, which is a callback to shoving a tree into his mouth, too. Yeah, so some good. There is some good, but yeah, yeah. just. Yeah, I mean, just I think the, also the the sign, the sign language in the Jane Goodall moment kind of thing was probably one of the better moves I think they did in trying to like focus on uh, humanizing Kong, basically yeah. the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, and I will say I was very, very close to getting emotional. I'm. It's pretty easy to make me cry in a movie. I'll just say that. I'll mm-hmm. <laughs> admit that on this podcast to everyone. But yeah, like when they are realizing that like they're trying to communicate it and he's like, oh, like he can do sign language. Like that fucking almost got me like to, to mm-hmm. tear mode. Because I was like, that's like just, a, that's the way to do it. Like you guys are just doing it in the right way. But yeah, Emily, stuff just didn't Emily's happen. point not, about not that was uh, she was like, wait a minute. So this guy has been in an observation Yeah, like, that doesn't chamber. make sense though. Right? <laughs> Literally the only thing to observe <laughs> and they're just finding out that he can do sign language? He was able to maintain a secret, yeah, learning uh, program with this this girl. I think just all of the humans in the legendary world are just in- grossly incompetent, and I think that just helps the plot holes <laughs> yeah. get a little, get smoothed Probably. over a little bit. Just like the military, incompetent, stupid, dumb. It, they don't know what they're doing, so. Should we get into what have you been watching? Sure. So, Thomas, what have you been watching? <laughs> um, so, this is a, a weird one. Do you know who John Lurie is? John Lurie, I don't. So, he is like a composer and a writer and director. He has this show on HBO called Painting with John, and the first episode is called, like, uh, Bob Ross Was Wrong. And his whole thing was, like, everybody can't paint. He's like, you know, you know, five, six, seven, you know, we can all kind of do some stuff. But after that, you know, you're, you're garbage. Like, <laughs> like, you have to actually have, like, some skill with this. And he's an old, like, curmudgeonly old dude. And he's going on these rants while he's painting these, like, beautiful watercolor paintings. And it was really, like, I just kind of fell in love with that show on first watch. And so it's the anti-Bob Ross? Got a little bit. He's, like, anti-Bob Ross a little bit. And I was looking at this guy, and he apparently he's, like... He composed like the Conan O'Brien theme and like Whoa. did like some random stuff in the '90s, and so it's part of the lounge. List. He has a yeah, he has a, a show called Fishing oh. with John that came out in the '90s. Yeah, and, I know this guy. And episode, oh, yeah, episode it's one the Fishing has, with John guy. Yeah, it has, oh, it, has okay. Jim, it has Jim Jarmish on yeah. it, and, and like I was like, okay, like this is just like some proto Adult Swim like weird shit. Like it's like they're actually fishing, but like there's just this fucking insane like monologue going or no not monologue narration going on over it and so yeah it kind of like blew my mind i was just like who is this guy and just like him going around jim jarmish talking about fishing stories on their boat just like kind of blew my mind so yeah i just want to recommend that and his new show uh painting with john is really really good all right it's uh is that on hbo max yeah okay we'll check that out yeah 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 and, uh, what have you been watching this week? Uh, it's been a, a little shorter week because uh, we're recording this on a Sunday. We usually record on a Tuesday, so I've not been watching much. Um, I did start playing this game on PlayStation called Maquette, and it's um, it's just like a puzzle game, and it's about a relationship. Uh, that's, I guess, all I can really say, a romantic relationship between a man and a woman. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It was like I was up till 2 a.m. last night just trying to solve one puzzle it was driving me nuts and it's one of those it's one of those games that's really good at making you feel like an idiot every time you figure out what the solution is um and then also i am playing the game it takes two which is also about a relationship it's about uh, a couple that's getting divorced it's a co-op game so 
this couple gets transported into the dolls of their child and they have to work together to get back to their bodies. Um, and there's this hmm. book all about how to have a successful romantic relationship that is sort of guiding them through this journey. Um, it's really weird. Uh, it's really fun. <laughs> it's from the people who made A Way Out, which is also like a co-op only game about escaping a prison. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. I, I really like that there are games out there that are co-op only and i think they're especially good for uh you know shelter in place world um so yeah mm -hmm. if uh, if you got a playstation go check out it takes two it's really good yeah both of those concepts sound sound good um also i've been watching uh captain america and winter soldier are you caught up on that both of you oh you mean yes. falcon and oh yeah not captain america falcon <laughs> falcon and the winter soldier i mean i'm sure he'll be captain america at the end of the season but yeah, yeah I, I i figured i would maybe be talking about this since i i know from past episodes uh we talk about all it. were watching it yeah so uh, i did i did catch up on it and i gotta say i think this most recent episode was like pretty cool i i yeah <laughs> i i like the spy versus spy stuff i like shitty captain america guy and also lamar i like the the sidekick battle battle star um but it was also kind of <laughs> cool that they brought back uh, uh sharon carter and have her just kind of like be a badass and stab a bunch of people after yeah. they sort of abandoned her as the potential love interest and like yeah. gave her some Dude. dimension Rest in peace to those goons. Those goons got eviscerated. In that, oh yeah, <laughs> in, in that also was uh, that was weird to me though. I gotta say is like it's a very much obviously a show that's like you know we are uh, aware of and and trying to give voice to you know the plight of Black Americans uh, and and you know interrogating the relationship of blackness in terms of like the Super Soldier Serum and yeah. him taking the shield eventually, which has to be the season one payoff, right? Um, yeah. But, like, right before that, we have, yeah, Sharon killing, like, five or six unnamed black dudes, yeah. Yeah. I forget, the, the town is called, like, uh, Madripoor or something. I oh, yeah, the Madripoor like, scene like, looked cool like a, as a, a fuck, fiction. man. Yeah, it's Just, like John Wick vibes with, like, all the people getting the texts about, you know the the bounty or whatever oh uh, yeah it's like yeah yeah it's kind of into it and uh yeah zemo just like being super weird and like rich and like dancing in the club oh I was, and I they just, finally I, was into I, I don't know if it's been like spoiled i would have to imagine i haven't kept up on like disney shows to come but uh he did put on the purple mask so i have to mm -hmm. assume after that plus breaking out that there will be like a thunderbolt show right I don't know about thunderbolt uh, so. oh so thunderbolts is like a super villain kind of like suicide squad um, okay. where like they broke out of, of prison but then like the government pardons them and so it's a bunch of former supervillains who become like an official like superhero arm of the US government mm. yeah that would be a flex sure. for them to be like hey we know you've done the Suicide Squad twice now uh, yeah. we're gonna do it too and right yeah and James Gunn is gonna direct it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, it's like we are we're taking him back <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like yeah, um, imagine if it's like the old studio days where it's like Marvel, it's like owning just like this director. It's like, okay, James Gunn is like officially Marvel. You don't do any more DC stuff. Yeah. It's like, 
be a trip but yeah I, I really enjoyed this episode despite like that like you know the whole thing yeah sure he's yeah. killing all these like unnamed black dudes um i think overall the episode is like a lot of fun and yeah zemo like sort of agreeing with uh sam about like trouble man and stuff and like yeah and, yeah, just, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's super that was weird. interesting like, i like i like yeah. marvin gay <laughs> Yeah, the dynamic is just fucking crazy, but I, I, I like that they're just going, just going forward. I also so, love yeah. how queer coded it is. Like, I think the other payoff besides him having the shield at the end is that they should definitely kiss. Um, <laughs> yes. Right? They did the couples therapy. They rolled in the flowers in the previous episode. Like, yeah, it's it's just they they need to smooch. They need to relieve that tension with some some lip action. There's gonna be a yeah. disclaimer. Putting their legs between 10. each other. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure how, so I really like the episode, but I kind of miss, I kind of liked that Zemo wasn't a badass before, that he was just a guy who had a plan that, like, managed to, you know, get heroes to fight each other. Like, I liked that he was a a villain who was overpowering his enemies just through his wits. But now we see him just, like, fucking rolling it. Yeah, he's just, like, rolling across, like, uh, you know, the fronts of cars, like, firing guns into people's faces and stuff, and... It's like, yeah, sure, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also really love that the villains uh, we are definitely establishing are just like do-gooder lefties. Yeah. And well, <laughs> but, but now it's... So I guess there was some chatter about this on the internet. It's like, oh, they're too good. They got to like kill some orphans or something soon. Yeah. Like, yeah. There's got to be <laughs> something so. to get And then out. I also noticed it was like the, so the same, the same girl from like Solo, right? Yeah. The redheaded. They're like... Whoever, some studio head is just aiming to make her famous. Disney. I guess, yeah. <laughs> They're both Disney. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited. In... I'm excited to see, yeah, what she does with like more of an expanded role. If she, if they decided she's good to be a big bad for, you know, their the, Disney's this uh, flavor of the month prestige television show, then yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think she's a solid actress too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she seems fine. I yeah, I think like in both movies she's been someone who just like wears a mask and does violence for what is ultimately good. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, it'll be nice to actually see her flex more of her acting chops. Definitely. And not only just be angry and badass. You know, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, have some very good at doing that too. <laughs> uh, do we ask what Mark, what'd you watch this week besides uh, Falcon and winter soldier? I've actually been, uh, watching kind of all over the place. Um, I did a movie light night last night with some friends. We watched uh, Five Fingers of Death, a mm. uh, pretty okay. good kung fu film. Um, nice. Th- which I was really surprised by. They they like had bad guys show up who were Japanese, which is unsurprising for a Chinese film. Yeah. But the fact that they like had the like wuxia, you know, Chinese kung fu versus samurai element was like kind of interesting to see because that's not something you typically see. Um, that's awesome. And then, I don't know, but yeah, I, I always sort of bounce back and forth between, like, whether I'm reading more or watching more. So I'm also um, really enjoying this one comic book that's, uh, it's a web comic, and I think they also have the trades collected by Image um, called Kill Six Billion Demons. I remember, yeah. I have that on my list. I remember you. Oh, yeah, I think we did about talk about it the back. last time we were hanging out. Yeah, um, it's just... Uh, I guess similar because AJ recommended uh, Nausicaa yeah. when he was on. And this is similarly inspired by the works of uh, uh, Jean Giraud, uh, Mobius. Hmm. Uh, and it's just like kind of a, a sci-fi okay. fantasy romp 
the it starts out and a, a girl is like transported through um like magical means to this like really strange world and then like the first chapter is basically like an info dump on the mythology but after that it like becomes this really kind of cool empowering like gonzo level uh hero's journey like it's it's just super slick all the art is really well done um and it's like finally leading after all these years into the final chapter um and it's it's getting like dragon ball z levels insane hmm. power level match shit. so every but it's also is cool. charging a fireball or whatever yeah yeah <laughs> um but it's awesome too because it's like because it's a, a web comic um like you can read it ongoing but i remember the first time i read it like a couple years ago i made it through the whole thing in like a three four hour just binge huh. okay so oh, it's it's super easy to just knock it out in like less than a week if you you're into it awesome yeah. sounds cool all right i'm definitely gonna check out five fingers to death because i was already on a little kung fu hype a little bit i watched this uh it's not out here but uh so like this the movie uh, so there's like the uh, 36 chambers uh, oh yeah, yeah. there's the shaolin right yeah so it's like another movie like like right after that that's just like absolutely ridiculous but i blanking on the name right now um mm. uh i have it i have it list i just want to give it a shout out because it's worth giving a shout out uh can't find it forget it okay but yeah i'm on a kung fu kick Long story short, I'm on a kung fu kick. I think the next movie I'm nice. gonna watch is like hard boiled, so I want to like do like you know some John Woo just like style hyper stylized shit. So that's the yeah. direction I'm going. So Super happy cool. you recommended that. Yeah, I want to know what that martial arts movie is though. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. I, I literally list every movie I watch. Uh, Fury and Shaolin Temple. That's what it's Fury called. Fury at Shaolin Temple. Okay, I have not heard of that one. Yeah. Cool. It's pretty good too. It's like there's a scene where a guy's like holding two babies and fighting. What? At the same time, and so wait, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Oh, so, oh. I was like, like, like nunchucks. <laughs> like... Yeah. yeah, it's a movie about two brothers being separated at birth. He's like holding two twins while like kicking these dudes. It's fucking okay. awesome. Yeah, usually I just have it in the studio while making beats or something. But yeah, shout out to that. It's a, a really good movie, and it's like the DVD is also like licensed by the Wu-Tang Clan so it's like yeah yeah oh man like, that's the, awesome it's so like the it's so like the menu is like you're going through like a temple and they're like it's like super it's super trippy like it's like the greatest little like gem from the early 2000s that I have that's great yeah I guess we have to yet to really talk about what we're gonna go to next oh, fuck. Uh, yeah what is our next franchise um, I don't even know well I think ne- next right. week is your pick so we have some time right yeah do you know what I, I don't even we're watching next Week? I don't. I haven't really thought about. It. I've, I've just been like tunnel vision on Godzilla yeah. for like literally like four weeks, and so now like I have this Godzilla-sized hole in my chest where I'm like, I don't need. I what do I do? Yeah. Like, do I well, continue to keep watching? There Godzilla are thirty of them, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm, yeah, I had to cut that faucet off and switch back to watching weird esoteric shit. So yeah, I don't know. I'll maybe pick something very strange and very odd. Right. Maybe something Daft Punk related. Who knows? I don't know. I'm in, I'm in that kind of weird mood right now. <laughs> no, they, they have, there's like a Daft Punk movie where it's just like it's it's just them okay. doing stuff. So I'm curious about that. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know what the next one's going to be. But stay tuned. We will let you know. All right. This has been episode 34 of Vague Zone. If you'd like to contact us, you can tweet at us at Vague Zone on Twitter. Uh, I don't remember our Gmail, but just hit us up on Twitter. We're always on tweeting. Uh, thank you for joining us, Mark, and talking to us about Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug, Mark? 
Uh, I am busy finally finishing my thesis. So okay. if you would love to have me back in like two months, I might finally have stuff to share from like creative efforts. All right. Sweet. But yeah, it's been episode 34. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. And we'll catch you on the next one. All right. Yeah.